Good morning. This is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. Good morning, it's 9 o'clock, April the 17th, 2019. This is episode 86 of Bitcoin and... Uh, yeah... You know, I don't what to say about anything that's going on right now. It's been a a hell of a. I guess like we're going on like five days of just complete and total meltdown on like every front possible. Uh, so we're going to talk about some of that during the morning roundup. We'll do vitals. Uh, got a, a song for you. I'm going to go ahead and do Marty's bent, and I'm going to keep torchlight. We're going to. Uh, be looking at the not trust chain, N-A-U-T trust chain, which is going around. And then we'll do the uh, a really bad joke, and then we'll get the F out. Um, let's start with uh, Warren Tagami has a, a, a tweet in reply to somebody. And uh, essentially, Tur Demeester uh, started a, or tweeted out a couple of days ago, it says, coins with... Weak proof-of-work hash rates are a headache for exchanges as their transactions can cheaply be reversed, double-spent. Here's Kraken compensating for that by only acknowledging deposits after many confirmations. And it's got uh, he's he's got a screenshot of uh, the uh, confirmations that it takes for a deposit to go through on Kraken. And Bitcoin is six confirmations, which is, that's standard. That's just your standard, you know, thing. Bcash, on the other hand, requires 15 confirmations right around two and a half hours. BSV is 30 confirmations or right around five hours. So they won't even acknowledge your receipt of your deposit of that shit coin until, you know, like, you know, many, many, many hours. So how's it faster? I'm not sure. Anyway, so uh, Brad Millscan returns and says, uh, returns that back and says, Bcash does uh, checkpoints. <clears throat> Doesn't that make it safer? Why do they even need miners? Now, here's where Warren comes in. He says, it is true that they don't need miners anymore. What BCH added was far more dangerous than checkpoints. The 10-block reorg prevention made consensus subjective, fragile, unless there is a central coordinator. They could have chose a better, bad solution. I agree. There's probably all manner of really terrible ideas that could have gone in place of that one. But yeah, it you know, just to arbitrarily say, you know, put to... Uh, pick this number. And I mean, yeah, everybody's, you know, it was arbitrary that there was 21 million Bitcoin. It was arbitrary this and arbitrary that, but nobody knew about the arbitrariness of that until people started giving a shit about Bitcoin. So once you adopted it, uh, yeah, you're kind of, you're, you're kind of there. 
But then when you start forking that chain and start making other arbitrary shit, at that point, it's like, well, how the hell, you know, I don't know. It's it's just, it's mind boggling. But yeah, Warren's got a pretty good take on on the further centralization of, of Bcash because of this 10 block reorg prevention that they, uh, the checkpoint that they put in anyway, it's just, it's a, it's a mess as usual. And people are, uh, trying to get, uh, BCHD listed. I, at this point, I don't care. I really don't care. Um, and there was, and I guess it's a, I guess the reason that I don't care, I mean, I care that BSV gets off because it is 100% pure scam and is funding, the uh, destruction of of the ecosystem through these weird lawsuits that Calvin and Craig have going on. However, there's another thing that's been floating around in my mind, uh, and I can't remember who it was. Um, I didn't get engaged much in battle with this person, but um, it was it was a tweet that I had put out, and I can't remember what it was. But the return was somebody who said, um, "Oh, I um, no, I was replying to this person." And they they had said something about you know oh, all the you know people crying about getting uh, these coins delisted, and I simply replied, "This is why I don't engage in shit coinery." And I've said this before. This this entire thing is solidifying in my mind why I don't care about any of these other coins because this can happen to you. You get somebody good and pissed off, and they own an exchange. You're kind of to- post toasted, and then so. What uh, they came back with something that said, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was refuting that, saying, "But, but reasons." And my return reply was, "But they're all shit coins." Now here's where it got interesting and made me start thinking. The return reply to that was, "But of course they're they're all shit coins." And then I looked into this person's, you know, kind of their their tweet, and they're and they're a trader, and that's when I started really kind of wondering why or rather I started really going down the path of what exactly is, are these exchanges? What do they do? You know, it's uh, in the marketplace before cryptocurrency, I still had questions as to, I mean, I understood buying like Texaco stock and you hold it and, and it, like, you know, or Exxon stock, I can't, or I think it became Chevron or folded into Chevron, which is now Chevron Exxon or something. I can't I remember in either event back in the day, I used to hold some Texaco stock, which got converted into ChevX. And then, you know, and, and th- that kind of thing I could kind of understand. I grew up with stocks, you know, people talking about stocks and why you get stocks and, and why, you, why you do this stuff. But then I started getting into when I started understanding that people were, were playing currencies against each other, like the dollar versus the Japanese yen. And that's when I started really wondering, well, I mean, having Texaco stock means that I got equity in the company and there's, there's something at least relatively tangible, although I, I don't buy that as much nowadays as I used to. But still, there was something relatively tangible about it. I had a voting right in Texaco or Chevron or whatever. I, I got a dividend out of the deal, so that means that they sent me a check, which actually they never sent me a check. They I just reinvested it back in the company um, or the, on their dividend reinvestment plan. In, in either event, I mean, I there was something seemingly tangible about that. But when I started seeing futures 
and people trading currencies against, you know, against other currencies. I don't, I don't know. I didn't, other than getting filthy freaking rich. Yeah, that's tangible. I get that, but it doesn't produce anything. It's just, and, and I guess I'm going to be really, really accused of being just completely non-sophisticated, but I don't see what product or service falls out of trading the Japanese yen against the dollar. And here's where we get into cryptocurrency exchanges and why I just don't give a shit. Because to me, it's the exact same thing. There's nothing different here. It is the exact same thing that's been going on for like freaking forever. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't make anything happen. It doesn't change anybody's lives except to make some people rich and some people poor. Generally speaking, the people that get poor AF out of this whole thing are people that completely don't understand how to do, I don't know, technical analysis, fundamental analysis. But then I sit, I start saying to myself, spending, thinking about spending all this time trying to figure out which coin is the less shitty of a coin compared to another shitty coin. And how many of a group of people think the shittier coin is like great so that I can just go ahead and empty their bags from them. To me, I don't, I don't, I don't care. So then I look at all the, all the people that are really bitching about, oh, how th- these exchanges are bad and, and whatnot. Why do you even care? If, if the only reason you care is because you're trading one shit coin against another shit coin and basically leveraging the stupidity of groups of people against other groups of people, then your value to me does not exist because there's nothing being generated out of this entire thing. I see Bitcoin actually doing something. It actually went, the, the torch actually went to Venezuela. It fed people. There are, there. we'll talk about it later in another news story. There's a charity that's been popped up, propped up already for Notre Dame that uses Bitcoin. I'm sure it actually uses other cryptocurrencies too. Like I said, we'll, we'll get in, we'll get into that a little bit later, but um, in either event, my questions here, my question here basically centers on what good do exchanges do at all? Like if there was no exchanges and we were just trading in Bitcoin and figuring it out, I mean, the, the you know, the only exchange that there really could be at that point is what does the price in USD or other cur- other fiat currencies cost? Because that's supposed to be the demarcation line between this world and the old world. It seems to me that what we're doing is we're pulling in the old world, bringing it across the border into the new world and treating it like it's something new. And I don't see how it's anything new. I think it's the same stupid shit that we've been trying to get away from and everybody who's pissed off right now is pissed off not because exchanges are rattling sabers around. They're pissed off because that saber rattle is going to cut into their bottom line because the only way that they're making money at this point is basically a shakedown. It's just shaking down other people that are too stupid to realize that they're holding crap. And at one point or another, the perceived value of one crap coin versus another crap coin is different. And that's all this shit is. So for all, again, this is why I don't deal in shit coinery. I don't deal in altcoins because I think almost 99% of all that stuff is pure and total trash. So I don't really care what's going on with 
if BCH gets delisted or not listed, I don't have to care at this point because it's just out, you know, it's, it's nothing that I'm going to worry about. So going on up into the stack, we got Grubles, who uh, it looks like he's the one that broke the news uh, uh, because he says, received a new message over Blockstream satellite. It appears to be a treasure hunt for $1 million USD in Bitcoin, which included GPS coordinates for the first part of the hunt. And then he's got several screenshots. And I can't see where this came from anywhere else. Now, if if somebody knows that there was like a public announcement on a website or something like that, that would be awesome to hear. But I have my suspicion that this was only sent over the Blockstream satellite, um, <coughs> which is has has implications for the future. I think it's a, I think it's a great thing. So uh, we want to thank Grubles, or rather not Grubles, or I don't know. I've never understood that. Grubles is a is is a is a cool cat though. So if you're not following at Grubles G R U B L E S, please do so. So let's see a little. Let's get a little bit more into this uh, this treasure hunt thing here. BNCrypto.com has the one of the first stories out about this. This was released this morning uh, at about seven twenty Eastern Standard. Or, yeah, well, actually, actually, it should be Eastern Daylight Time, not Eastern Standard Time. First three clues of $1 million Bitcoin treasure hunt now live. This is from Raul Nambipurith. I hope I didn't butcher that, but I'm pretty sure I did. A message recorded on Blockstream Satellite has challenged Bitcoin users around the world to participate in a global treasure hunt competition. The game titled Satoshi's Treasure has a lot to, excuse me, has a lot at stake. According to the official website, the winners will receive a wallet containing $1 million worth of Bitcoin, BTC. They actually write that, parentheses, BTC. On April 16th, 2019, at noon, the first three clues of the treasure hunt went live. The Blockstream satellite launched earlier this year allows users to relay messages across the globe using the Bitcoin blockchain. Now I want to stop right there because when it says launched, Please don't confuse this with Blockstream renting, you know, time on on a rocket ship to put their own satellite into orbit. They're they're renting channels on already existing communication satellites. They did not build a satellite. They did not go to Elon and say, "Take our satellite and put it on top of your your badass, he- you know, heavy lift and send it into orbit." No, 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 no. Get that out of your head it made more sense to rent time on already existing private satellites. And that's what they did. So they didn't launch a rocket. Okay. Anyway, so it goes on Bitcoin treasure hunt split into 1000 components. Wow. It's going to be a long one, bro. On April 15, 2019, a few individuals noticed the cryptic, that the cryptic message had been relayed by Blockstream satellite. The, block, the, the broadcast timestamp revealed that the author had originally written the message on April 13, 2019. It went on to mention a treasure hunt competition carrying a reward of $1 million worth of Bitcoin. The author said that they have split 
the treasure into 1,000 pieces. The first individual or team to obtain 400 chunks will be able to figure out the private key of the loaded cryptocurrency wallet. Some clues require in-depth knowledge of particular subjects, while others can be less involved. Anyone with a background in cryptocurrency is likely to have a massive advantage over others that do not. The message read that some clues might be hidden in coordinates around the world. Sorry, more details on the Bitcoin treasure hunt have been haven't been made public yet. The first three clues were released on April 16th, 2019. In true board game fashion, they have been named the Jade Key, the Bismuth Key and Mamaru's Key. Nice. So far, no individual or team has claimed to have cracked either of the three clues. All three keys carry details about a geostationary satellite as their clues. The rules of the treasure hunt state that no clue or key will ever be hidden in private property or require hunters to break laws. While the cryptocurrency community has found itself excited for the treasure hunt, the authenticity of the competition has not been verified. No, there's no way you could. The wallet with $1 million worth of Bitcoin has similarly not been shown to the world yet. Nice. Nice. Okay. Let's go ahead and just give the guy, these people the benefit of the doubt and they're not just going to hose everybody for, you know, for fun and make everybody look like a bunch of dicks, okay? Let's get let's 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 go ahead and make the assumption that this is totally above board. All I can say is this. I would love I would absolutely love for my job for the rest of my life is to set shit like this up. That would be a blast. I mean, to really th- I mean, think about it going around the world and planting keys in like these weird places uh, that all culminate into being able to solve some like this, this global treasure hunt. How much fun is that? You know, I've got a tweet out that got actually, you know, that actually got a fair amount of traction because what I said was that the future looks a hell of a lot more fun than the past. And we're going to need to have a little bit more fun because, you know, it seems to me that nobody's having any fun anymore or hardly anybody. I mean, even people that are like, you know, you know, ridiculously wealthy, there are many of them that, you know, there's no end to the amount of articles that you can find that talk about people that are like going, you know, I really wish that I hadn't spent so much time making all this money because I didn't see my kids grow up or I, or I lost my marriage or I didn't see this or I didn't see there's, I mean, there's no end to those stories. So even just having sitting on a shit ton of cash doesn't necessarily mean that somebody's actually happy, but stuff like this. I mean, if this doesn't put a smile on your face, then you are Calvin air. <laughs> Sorry. I couldn't resist. What's next. Kraken is delisting Bitcoin SV amid controversy. But the exchange plans to list two coins per month starting in May. <laughs> it's just, this shit never ends, man. This shit never ends. U.S. crypto exchange. Okay, I'm sorry. This is from the Block Crypto. Uh, this is by Frank Shapiro and Ryan Todd. This was released yesterday at 5.30 Eastern Daylight Time. Okay, they got that right. U.S. crypto exchange Kraken announced Tuesday it will cease trading of a controversial Bitcoin cash offshoot. Oh, at least they got that part right. Uh, Bitcoin Satoshi's vision. Following cons- consultation with Kraken users and a supportive Twitter poll, this saw more than 50,000 users vote to delist the asset. <coughs> <coughs> 
According to the firm, BSV deposits will be disabled by April 22nd, with users able to draw BSV through the end of May. Bitcoin SV is the result of a chain split of the Bitcoin Cash Network in November. The cryptocurrency has been mired in controversy due to its supporters, Craig Wright and Calvin Ayer, who have threatened various members of the community with lawsuits over public claims that Wright is not Satoshi Nakamoto. Quote, over the last few months, the team behind Bitcoin SV have engaged in behavior completely antithetical to everything we at Kraken and the wider crypto community stands for. It started with fraudulent claims escalating to threats and legal action, with the BSV team suing a number of people speaking out against them. Powell admitted the exchange wasn't a big fan of the project when it was toying with the idea of listing it, but decided to support trading, citing customer demand. Quote, with forks, you have people who are upset when you don't give users free money. Powell noted, however, that the coin didn't necessarily meet its listing standards. Kraken's move follows Binance's decision yesterday to delist BSV on April 22nd, following warnings from CEO Shang Peng, or CZ, Zhao, that he would delist the token should Wright fail to cease claiming to be Satoshi. I don't think that's exactly what he was saying. I think he was saying any more of, of this. I think he was actually referring to the fact that stop suing people. You know, stop going after little guy, little cats in spacesuits with eight thousand followers when you're a freaking billionaire, or so you claim. I don't think it was. I don't think it was what what these guys say. But you know, whatever. As for Kraken, Powell said the firm has received lawsuits from the Bitcoin SV camp, <clears throat> which extended to its investors and clients. We were going to put out the poll regardless of CZ's announcement, but Binance and Shapeshift stance made our position even stronger. End quote. Quote, there's a business cost to these decisions, but we felt that sacrificing revenue is worth it, end quote. Powell said his firm will continue to scrutinize other tokens, but unless public sentiment shifts heavily against a specific token, he's hopeful they won't see any other delisting cases. Quote, in this case, it's a unique case for us. We haven't delisted any other coins because of the founders. People who were promoting it turned out to be total assholes. <laughs> We knew they were assholes, Jesse. They didn't turn out to be assholes. They were they were assholes right from from the get go, and everybody knew it. So that's where I disagree with Jesse Powell. I think Jesse Powell knew they were assholes from day one, just like everybody else. But that's just my opinion. Looking ahead, Powell said Kraken sees volatility in the price of Bitcoin back above five thousand as positives in the market. He also hinted the pace of listing new coins on the exchange would pick up in the coming months. "Quote: We want to be fairly scrutinizing of the coins we list, but we have a backlog of coins we want to list. Client demand is a big piece of it." We have a few coins not widely known, which are technically interesting, he said. The firm will probably list two coins a month starting in May, Powell said. And that's going to do it for that. But my God, uh, Jesse, two coins a month? I mean, it, there, this is, and this goes back to what I was saying before. There's no reason that a coin's, okay, I'm going to say this, a coin's technological advancements or, or things, you know, uh, properties or whatever, it does not depend on an exchange. The only thing an exchange there is there for is for stupid people to put the, uh, their money into the pockets of not stupid people. And I guarantee you that the smarter the person is, the more they know that these coins don't mean dick. 
but that doesn't make that's not going to stop them from taking as much money as they possibly can. And I'm I'm not necessarily entirely against making money. Well, actually, I'm I'm not against making money at all. I do have a problem when when people do it in a way that doesn't provide any good or service whatsoever. To me, that's just I, whatever. It's it's not. There's no value there for me at all. And just like the fact that it's, it, it appears that Craig Wright is not a doctor. He does not have a PhD. And this actually goes all the way back to December of 2015, where Charles Sturt University made a media statement. <clears throat> media statement from Friday the 11th, December 2015 states, Charles Stewart University, CSU, confirms that Mr. Craig Wright met the academic requirements for and was awarded the following three qualifications from the university. Master of Networking and Systems Administration, Master of Management, Information Technology, Master of Information Systems Security. Mr. Wright has not been awarded a Doctor of Philosophy, Ph.D., by CSU. Between May 2011 and May 2014, Mr. Wright was an adjunct academic at CSU. Adjunct academics undertake unpaid academic work and are not formally employed, formally employed by the university. CSU can make no comment on Mr. Wright's, <coughs> I should have said bullshit, <coughs> activities outside the university and will make no further comment on his education or employment so he does not have a PhD according to this thing that was apparently in a Mashable, um, uh, yeah, at Mashable, their magazine or online magazine says, uh, Update Australian University says Craig Wright did not complete a PhD as claimed. Now, that article seems to be gone, but it was back from 2015, so, you know, I guess it's like how long does Mashable keep up their, you know, store their articles in their servers? I don't know. But this was delivered at this tweet was 1159 p.m. 10th of December 2015. And so I guess there's a time difference. There's time difference from when they got it uh, to when they posted it. I don't know. It's it's weird. In either event, I don't believe that uh Mr. Craig Wright has a PhD, so I'm no longer going to be referring to him as doctor because he did not earn that distinction. And I watched my wife earn that distinction. And I can guarantee you when somebody physically and goes through all the, the hoops to earn their PhD, you should call them doctor. This man did not. He is a Mr. or asshole, depending on how you want to go with that. So now Gemini Wallet now fully supports SegWit protocol. Thank you, Winklevi twins. April 17th, 2019, 6.48 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. This is from the block crypto.com. Gemini has introduced full segregated witness support to its wallet according to a blog post. The SegWit pr protocol provides a way to store digital signatures or digital signature information separately from the transaction data, making Bitcoin transactions weigh around 30 to 40% less and hence cheaper. 
According to Gemini software engineer Brian Kim Johnson, quote, as block space is limited, any decrease in transaction size allows for more transactions per block and greater overall throughput in the network. As Gemini now fully supports SegWit, it also allows native SegWit deposit addresses. Quote, our team views SegWit as a positive step forward for crypto and the broader future of money, end quote, writes Brian Kim Johnson. As SegWit's use <clears throat> support and adoption grows, it will help reduce fees, wait times, and network congestion. Critically, SegWit transactions lay the groundwork for more advanced technologies, of which the Lightning Network is the most well-known. And that is true, and that will end it for that one. Sorry, allergies are really bad everywhere up here in the in the panhandle, people. There is just nothing to be done about this, uh, at least until summer gets into full swing. And I'm not looking forward to it. I, I would rather have bad allergies and cool temperatures for longer than the microwave oven that is fixing to be delivered upon our doorstep. So, okay, let's see. What is next up in the stack? Oh, God. Hold on. Let me make sure that I'm still doing this. Okay. Okay, so Peter McCormick is, as you know, getting sued, or I guess he's getting sued. He's Actually, he's not getting sued. He got a letter from SCA Antier, which is the law firm for dipshit and his little brother. Um, anyway, so he got a letter. He's returned the letter. Everybody's seen the letter. It is a thing of beauty. It is in the, in the very... Best it's it's a written response in the very best of traditions of things like dry British wit, Monty Python, you you name it, man. It is it is a it's a work of art, a thing of beauty. I hope he actually makes a T-shirt out of the front, the front and back, at least at least in the first at least the first page and the last page where he signs it like he is a four-year-old. Okay, so Peter says in a tweet, as of about five hours ago, they're coming, reports, photoshopped conversations, digging up the past, pick a side, A, the morons, fam, Edwards, Wright, Air, BSV, Shills, B, people with a brain. Okay, so I've been kind of following this. What's been going on is, okay, let's, he's been getting reported on, so... That's always that's always been going on. The more he pisses people off, he's you know the people are gonna you know do things like this, and then there's like he's uh, um, somebody got into a huge fight with him and was saying a few things, and and Peter had to come back and um, and post up a whole bunch of tweets from this guy at Crypto Medicated as to an example of some of the shit that he's received over the years. And this guy was saying stuff like, my mom is still alive and well, Peter, something you can never say again. Ouch. I smile at the thought of you drinking yourself into a coma every Mother's Day. Lonely, miserable sack of shit. Another one. Look look at how bitter you are. Kiss your mother goodbye for me. And then there's another one. I'm too busy garnering sympathy with a bullshit story about buying drugs for my mother with cancer. Okay, so there's that. And then we have Kevin Pham, and you guys know who he is. And he's he is actually like re, he's retweeting something from from Peter. Um Peter's blocked him, 
which is good because Peter doesn't need to be going through this bullshit. But Kevin Pham uh, was retweeting something Peter said and uh, and said this along with the retweet. I have a failed marriage. I was a drug addict. My mom died. I made a million pumping shit coins and lost it all. I go out of my way to get sued for clout. All this while having kids to feed. I'm a victim. Feel sorry for me and tune into my podcast. You know, what What do you do with people like these? You know, why, why would you send somebody a tweet? You know, that, that crypto medicated guy, it's not on this particular tweet from, um, from Peter, but I saw a whole string of them. I mean, it was just, it was like four full screenshots of just nothing but tweets from this guy. And it was just the most horrendous shit I've ever seen in my entire life. And as somebody who lost their mother to cancer, especially when I was two feet away, when her heart stopped beating, I can tell you this, even if I was physically unable to beat somebody up for saying this shit to me to my face, they'd still walk away with quite a bit of damage to them. Even if I died fighting because this kind of shit, you don't say it. One of the things that that he got literally on Mother's Day was a tweet from this asswipe crypto medicated that said, Happy Mother's Day, Peter, after his mother had died. Now, there's no excuse for allowing that amount of carbon to be wasted in an individual such as that. That carbon, again, would be better off served feeding my soil or on my barbecue grill. So say what you want about Peter. You know, like him, hate him, don't really give a shit. Um, I got a lot of respect for the man because he went through something that almost killed him. And now he's he's back to being successful again, you know? So haters going to hate, I guess. But man, dude, talking about somebody's dead mom, that is a, that is, that's just like, I just see karma somewhere hiding behind a tree, rubbing her hands together saying, oh, just wait. Oh, just wait. Uh, you know, I just, I don't get this stuff at all, man. All right. So, uh, news from roast beef, uh, announcing LND V 0.6 beta, the new release address of number of P2P stability issues adds a static channel backups, adds a new batch sweeping subsystem and optimizes performance for larger nodes. We strongly recommend that users update awesome. Oh, but there's no development on Bitcoin. Yeah, I know. First response is going to be, but that's not Bitcoin. It's built on Bitcoin. It's built on Bitcoin. Right? It's built on Bitcoin. So F off. Uh, Canada's, I don't know. This one kind of confuses me. Canada province offers low cost energy incentives to Bitcoin miners. And I'm not sure about this because if I remember correctly, it was not more than a couple of weeks ago that uh, I read a story out of uh, Bitcoin Magazine or or some other news outlet um, that said that disincentivized miners um, in in Canada. So I'm not sure which way Canada is going. I don't know if they're talking out of both sides of their mouth or not, but this is from Jesse Willems. Um, Oh, like I said, Bitcoin Magazine. This is from 1.49 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, April the 16th. 
<coughs> They're doing it in British Columbia, Quebec, Manitoba, Alberta, and Labrador. Bitcoin miners in Canadian provinces are taking advantage of the country's cool climate and abundant supplies of hydroelectric power. A number of provincial governments are lower, are offering lower rates to attract Bitcoin miners, and Labrador's government is considering energy incentives to attract what it says are outstanding requests for service from Bitcoin and other, quote, data center processors, according to a report from the National Post. The province of Quebec experimented with energy incentives but was so overwhelmed by the demand from Bitcoin miners that it withdrew its lower energy prices but is still expecting an increased demand for power. According to recent reports, Chinese Bitcoin mining farms are looking outside of China for cheap power and a number of Chinese Bitcoin miners have relocated to Quebec paying standard business hydroelectric rates. Much of the rural and northern areas of Canada have been resource depleted by forestry and fishery companies used up resources that were close enough to markets to be viable and are now looking for new challenges to drive their economies. Labrador, a remote and scenic eastern province, is too far from major markets to thrive economically once forestry and fisheries were depleted. And the province has lots of hydroelectric power, including two huge power-generating hydroelectric dams, Churchill Falls and Muskrat Falls. Large hydroelectric dams, which may have made sense in the resource-driven economy, are now financial and environmental liabilities, and governments are struggling to justify expenses like the mortgage for Labrador's Muskrat Falls project, which is still under construction. The Labrador government says paying for Muskrat Falls, which cost $12.7 billion Canadian dollars to build, is one of the biggest challenges with an estimated $726 million Canadian dollars required to meet operating costs in its first year per the post. The government's energy plan commits to keeping rates at 13.0 cents uh, Canadian dollars or Canadian cents per kilowatt hour, but a miner who wanted to remain anonymous told Bitcoin Magazine that this won't cut it for smaller startups as the largest mining operations can buy power at 3 to 4 cents USD. However, as much as a year ago, the Labrador Public Utilities Board reported a noticeable increase in demand from mining com- companies. Quote, Data businesses are expressing an interest and willingness to take what's available, an anonymous official said, and are requesting new transmission infrastructure to make power available to them in Labrador, locating wherever the feed of power is possible, according to the telegram. They just want low power rates. That just basically means we don't give a shit where we build as long as it's got a road, it's relatively flat, and you can get power to us. We do not care. No care. No care. It's not going to be a tourist attraction. Just get us power, and we're off to the races. So like I said, I, I don't know what Canada's doing here. They, you know, like I said, a couple of weeks ago, it seemed that Canada was disincentivizing these guys, and now it looks like and maybe it's just the regional, you know, the regional <clears throat> powers that that are around are just saying, "I we need the money, we need the business, we're going to do whatever and damn be whatever anybody else says." So, who knows? But it looks like there is a new gold rush on, uh, much in the same way that it that it was in the old West. Uh, let's see what it's up. Oh yeah, Elena Satoshi doesn't like chocolate. She doesn't like chocolate. So Elena Vranova says, could, at Jack, could you please introduce a, a negative filter for keyword strings, i.e., I don't want to see tweets that include bananas plus at name plus fraud or hurricane plus prog or cake plus hashtag recipes plus chocolate. 
What are you thinking, woman? You don't like chocolate? I got it. I don't know about that one, man. She's going to need some serious pushback. So that's going to do it for your morning roundup. As always, uh, bitinfocharts.com is our place for vital statistics, and Bitcoin average is $5,199. Looks like the low is going to be over at, uh, yeah, yeah, hit BTC is going to have it at uh, $5,170, and the high is going to be over at Bitfinex at $5,241 USD. 333,000 transactions were made over the last 24 hours, uh, given 14,000 uh, average transactions per hour. 1.3 million BTC have been sent over the last 24 hours with an average of 55.5 thousand BTC sent over the last uh, or, or every hour on average. Average transaction value is 4 BTC. Median transaction value is 0.4 BTC or right around 206 bucks USD. Block times are slightly high at 10 minutes 40 seconds. And 0.58 BTC are being taken as a reward on a per block basis. It looks like 78.8 BTC have been taken in reward or not rewards. God, fees. 78.8 BTC have been taken in fees over the last 24 hours in total. We have lost 1.67% in hash rate, but we are just above 45 exahashes per second. The last GitHub commit was yesterday on the 16th. Left to right, Ethereum is at 165. Bcash is at 307. Litecoin is at 78. BSV is at 55. Run for the hills, people. Ethereum Classic is at 6 and change. Dogecoin is at 0.0028 USD. Uh, We're going to have to start doing a little bit different. My God. (laughs) BSV has almost 200,000 transactions in the last 24 hours. Well, that's what happens when you turn on the lights and the cockroaches have to scatter, man. It's just, you realize just how many of them cockroaches there really are. Uh, so, there, yeah, there's a reason for this, people. And it, yesterday, it, 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 was, it was suggested on several Reddit posts, especially on the, the subreddit for uh, BSV, that this is good and, and look at all these transactions and maybe it's a stress test and we're decoupling and I don't know, some other horseshit doesn't really matter because what's going on is that you're getting delisted everywhere. So you, so people that were, that had taken the time to move their crap off of Binance, move their crap onto Kraken and then Kraken basically gave them the great big dick. And then that's a daisy chain. You got like eight major exchanges that have delisted this crap. Because it's garbage and its leaders are garbage and it's centralized. And everything about this, everything about that community, everything about that coin, and everything about its centralized leadership is just scam-worthy, scum-sucking, miscreant crap. And everybody's shutting down. So, of course, you're going to have to move, and, and this will continue, until they finally find a final resting place to go die in. So also understand that most, 
in most cases, when a human being or other mammal is at the very end of their life, one of the very first thing that hap- things that happen is that their heart rate increases, which sounds counterintuitive. What the heart's doing is compensating for loss of blood pressure and other, you know, trying to spin the fact that, you know, renal failure is probably also occurring at that point. So toxins in the blood are, you know, it it starts triggering the heart to pump more and more and more to filter. And then the cascade internal organ failure occurs. So this increased heartbeat to you guys that is, that are championing it. I wouldn't be raw rawing right now because all this is, is everybody running for the hills because at this point, it doesn't look like there's any place for you guys over at BSV to hide. Bcash has a slightly has elevated uh, uh, transactions as well, forty five thousand to be exact. And there is, you know, there's rumblings on the wind of people be, you know, de, uh, delisting Bcash and. Apparently, a Japanese exchange delisted Bcash in direct retaliation to the delisting of BSV on Binance. And all that should tell you is don't deal in shit coinery. Again, get away from shit coinery and you don't have to worry about any of this crap. If all we had to worry about was Bitcoin, we'd be a lot farther along than where we are now. But since everybody seems to be more fascinated with taking money off of stupid people, uh, then we're not progressing anywhere close to as fast as we could have, although we are progressing pretty damn fast. So while you guys are running for the hills, when you guys get a chance to take a breath, you might want to look up and realize that you've lost the path because we are gone. All right, the song. Okay, so... Uh, we just got finished talking about all these people running to the hills and, you know, hiding out and basically being followed by the law and whatnot. So I'm going to play a song that, uh, you know, if you know anything about American history, you know that uh, at one point or another, we had alcohol outlawed in the country, which, you know, thankfully it came back. But, you know, even though that could be an allegory for BSV coming back, I don't really give a shit because I don't care about shit coinery. So I'm going to play this song about shine anyway. Take it away, Steve Earl. <laughs> Copper line 
Everybody knew that it made me shine Now the revenue man Want a granddaddy bad Head left a holler of everything had For my time But I've been told Never come back from Copperhead Road Tuesday, April 16th, 2019, issue number 463, The Case for Privacy, screenshot. If we do not value our privacy today and do not put into place mechanisms to protect, preserve, and enhance our privacy using technology, then we create the conditions for a future where our privacy has no value and cannot be protected, preserved, or enhanced. The bit. Here's a great piece from Meltem Demirs that put forwards that puts forward the case for privacy and why we should strive to preserve personal privacy for the good of humanity. 
Using a description of a panopticon and examples of different types of dystopian futures enabled by a lack of privacy and freedom, Meltem does a great job of disarming the tried and true weak-ass rebuttal most people give when an individual expresses their desire to retain some privacy. Well, what do you have to hide, criminal? As the Meltem points out in the highlighted section above, Privacy is something we must continually fight for lest we get complacent and find ourselves enabling the construction of a digital panopticon that will inevitably enslave our minds and the ability to think and act freely. This is a great read to share with your status friends who welcome the surveillance state with open arms and a good starting point to jump into more privacy-related reading material. The hunt is on! Rules for hunters. That's the screenshot. And of course, Marty's picking up on this uh, on this Satoshi's treasure hunt, which is going to be just great fun. And I think there's going to be a whole lot more, uh, uh, not only to this hunt, but I think there's going to be a whole lot more hunts. So um, I'm going to have to, at one point or another, uh, trade out uh, Torchlight for something now that the LN Torch chain is in its rightful uh, hands over at, at BTCVEN. So I might just put uh, start a new thing that's just following the hunt. I, I think that that might actually work. So, But in the meantime, let's see what uh, Marty has to say about the hunt. In case you freaks missed it, yesterday the world was made aware of a global treasure hunt for $1 million worth of BTC. This hunt has a very strong Ready Player One vibe as hunters must find 400 shards of a private key before being able to construct it. The hunt promises to come with a leaderboard, which I assume will be filled with teams dead set on stacking sats. Depending on how long this hunt goes on and how the price of Bitcoin moves during that period, this price could be considerably higher or lower than $1 million US. Talk about making Bitcoin go viral. This seems like an incredibly fun way to spread the mind of virus. I'm off to Times Squares to try to find the first clue. Fundamentals screenshots is from coinmetrics.io. This measure tracks the actual velocity parentheses adjusted transaction value summed over the trailing 12 months divided by supply in parentheses indexed to active supply in the prior year. This gives us an idea of the rate of turnover of units that are actually in circulation. Uh, he's Marty says, I really like this chart and thought I'd share it with you freaks on chain activity, increasing into another bull market. So yeah, it's a, a, an interesting chart that, uh, sort of just like, a, like, you know, it says velocity, you know, active supply, and then it's adjusted for the year and it's segmented into the halving. So we got the first halving and we've passed the you know, the second halving and it looks like that the velocity over active supply is increasing. It looks like it's following the same curve it did in the first. So we get to the first halving and then we get, um, we get the, the first halving basically represents almost the peak of this. And then it goes down and then now we're on the upswing again to the second having, or we actually to the third having, I'm sorry, we've had first and second and then we're on the way to the third. Anyway, it looks like the trend is setting itself up in the exact same manner. Uh, Clearly not investment advice, but buy Bitcoin. So there you have it. That's going to do it for Marty's Bent. Thank you, Marty.
The Daily Train Wrecked is brought to you by, as you'd suspect, Calvin Ayer, who says in a tweet, Imagine how the Catholic Church would react to Jesus showing up today. That is how the high priest of the crypto world are reacting to Craig wanting to now prove in court that he is Satoshi. They are horrified about what he thinks of their stupid plans. Oh, blaspheme AF, bro. You're playing with some serious fire, you know? Anyway, okay. So idiocy aside, let's break this down to one point, one point only. Get over yourself, Calvin. My God, you were nobody. Maybe had a billion dollars, but you're a degenerate gambler that's shacked up with a fraudulent compulsive liar. Your credibility at this point to say anything about the Catholic Church or anything else for that matter is at an all-time low. And I suspect your credibility will be delisted soon enough. That's your daily. Torchlight, Torchlight today is now going to be centered on the Not Trust chain. N A U T T R U S T C H A I N, the hashtag Not Trust chain. Have a tweet here from yesterday from Adam Paul Moore, that is at Adam Paul Moore, spelt M O O R E, says, so happy to see the Lightning Network, not Trust Chain, moving along with very little guidance. These are great experiments that prove that human cooperation is possibly without central planning or government coercion. Proceeds benefit our space cat hero at Hodel or not. Hodel or not, I really miss you, space cat. I hope you come back after this mess gets all over with anyway. So it's L he's got hashtag LN trust chain part two. Um, so he, he is actually retweeting Katie. What's her name? Katie Anna Nina. Oh, Katie Anna Nina. Okay. I thought there was an R in there for a second. Katie Anna Nina at Katie Anna Nina, A N A N I N A says, perfect day. I got not trust chain lightning torch from at Lady Anarchy. BSV is gone. Had an amazing day celebrating my best friend's birthday. I already know who I want to send the torch to at CG, at C Guida. Oh, sorry. That's going to be C Guida six, C G U I D A six. Send me an invoice to celebrate our lightning club launch. Nice. There is already up to 320,000 sats. Is that right? It is. It's already up to 320,000 sats. I I have to state I was the second person in this chain, and I'm very proud of it. I was not able to take part of the LN Trust chain, but I actually feel more, not special, but more honored to be part of the not trust chain because of my good friend Hodelnot, man. Um, Again, I salute you, brother. So let's see what uh, if that thing passed, and it did. See, Guida Six has got the torch. He says, 
Yep. Got the L- not trust chain. Thanks, Katie and Nina. Who wants it next? Send me an invoice for 30, 340,000 Satoshis. Ouch. Prof Faustus, not a great day for you. Looks like you're not even in Twitter anymore. What happened? Okay. I've been seeing a lot of this lately. Prof Faustus either nuked his own account or got his account nuked for him like three weeks ago. Okay. He's been gone off Twitter for a long time. And I'll, I'll, let me recant or recount that story here. Um, It looked like what he did was he set, he got really, really mad, wrote a very, very angry medium post because that's the only place that, that I guess he writes now. Um, that was bemoaning the fact that people were retweeting him and taking his words out of context and I don't know, all kinds of other stuff. So he made his account, the, the at Prof Faustus account private. <clears throat> then he started a new account and directed everybody that was following him on his private account to follow him on, I guess, on his new account. Well, that new account was set to private immediately, e- immediately. Okay. And then, um, um, uh, the, fir- the very next thing that happened after that is that that account got suspended. And then when we looked at the old at Prof Faustus account, it's account not found. In my opinion, what I think he did is I think he nuked his six. I can't remember how many followers he had. It was somewhere, between, I think it was somewhere between 200,000 and 600,000 followers. And he just nuked them from orbit. It's the only way to be sure, apparently. I don't know. It's freaking ridiculous. The whole thing's ridiculous. But for those of you that don't know, Craig Wright's Twitter account, at Prof Faustus, has not been active for over three weeks now. Probably a little bit more because he nuked it from orbit. So there's that, and that's going to do it for Torchlight for the day. Terrible Joke Corner brought to you by Bad Joke Cat. I stand corrected, said the man in orthopedic shoes. Man, that is some bad joke right there. God, that's terrible. All right, parting words. I don't know. Don't engage in shit coinery so that you don't have to have heart attacks every 15 minutes. Seems to me like that would just be not an optimal way to live. I'll see you guys on the other side. This has been Bitcoin and, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.